Hello, and welcome back to Truth of Our Youth, the ultimate Zenial podcast. This is the story of two guys picked to do a podcast, work together, and have their voices taped to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another installment of Truth of Our Youth, the Ultimate Zenial Podcast. I'm Steve Wozniak, sitting digitally across from the handsome and talented Marty Vidic. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing pretty okay. It's getting crisp outside. I'm wearing my hoodie, thinking about bonfires, thinking about the Ravens, pumpkin mm-hmm. beer, mm-hmm. all of the finer things in life. You know the best thing to throw on a bonfire? Pumpkin beer. I was going to say gasoline, but yeah, okay. Okay, gotcha. I know we threw Everclear on a fire one time. That was in your youth, I hope. Oh, right. was this last weekend? No, this was... The, you were here. We were trying to burn my old Christmas tree, and it wouldn't burn fast oh, enough. Oh, yeah. We shouldn't have been burning anything that day. So I was just dumping Everclear all over the fire. Yeah, that was uh, that was a poor choice. No, I think it was fine. So speaking of poor choices, let's let's dive into the MTV programming of our youth when MTV was, you know, it wasn't all music like it was intended to be. It was more music, you know, obviously back then, but the shows on there, you know, I'm not sure they stand the test of time, but they were certainly important to me, you know, during the, uh, you know, the, the early to mid nineties when I was, you know, started really watching some, some common ass stuff on TV. Right. And like you said, in the, in the nineties, MTV started to get away from being all music all the time. Mm-hmm. And they started to explore shows and alternative programming. And while that was going on, they still had a really good slot of, of music time. Mm-hmm. But we all know as that has evolved, it's just a show and shows about, you know, pregnant teen mothers and um, things of that nature. So it's, it's really jumped. Those have their place too. They do. They do for sure. I know you, uh, you were big into Jersey Shore, so still am. I like to. I run it back every now and then, just yeah, like I run. Was, I run back like the Sopranos and Wire. I have to. I have to see my Jersey Shore friends. Yeah, that was that was not for me. But growing up, yeah, there were a lot of shows that I watched on a fairly consistent basis. And the one thing that always jumps out at me from that time period is watching Real World, specifically two, three, and four. Gotcha. Two with two was San Francisco. Is that true? That's three. That's three. Okay, forgive me. Mm-hmm. What was two? Uh, two was New York, Lon- London, New York. It doesn't no, London. Matter. London is four. Mm-hmm. But in either case, right? It was two, three, and four. I never enjoyed one. Two was the one that had the the country dude in it. Oh yeah. I can't remember his name, John. He, I want to say John. He looked like um uh uh, uh Bucky Covington. Yeah, he had the ten gallon hat. Yeah, and the mullet. And of it was John. Yeah, I don't think anything got he he didn't get famous for anything. No, uh, because if you watch the show, he was mildly talented, but it wasn't going anywhere. Sure. But I think Real World Three is the one that really put the series on the map because. You had a lot of super conflicting personalities on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a love triangle and tension between people and a guy who was just a slob and a jerk. 
And of course, I'm talking about the infamous Puck. Yep. Um, so Puck and Pedro Zamora, who got a lot of fame because he was openly gay on the show, um, HIV positive on top of that. Um, so they were able to touch on a lot of topics that at the time were still considered somewhat taboo. And uh, Puck especially hated Pedro and everything about him. Uh, and I think the beginning of the show, they show him shooting a snot rocket out of his nose and of course, just really setting the precedent that this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, San Francisco was cool. I mean, the ones real world that stuck out to me the most San Francisco, then you had um, London with Jacinda, Neil and Sharon and all those cats. And Neil was in a band and tongue kissed a dude and got his tongue bitten off and then had oh to speak. Oh my God, I forgot Yeah, about then that. he had to speak through like a Stephen Hawking computer. It's like, I can't believe I stuck my tongue in a guy's mouth. Well, and then there was also, um, there were a couple things. So one, Jacinda actually wound up having a pretty decent acting career mm-hmm. after that. Can't remember her last name, like Barrett, Bartlett, I don't know, something like this. Yeah. And then I remember the super nerdy guy and... I don't think he was the musician. I want to say his name was John, but it's probably not. Yeah, maybe. Um, but he was huge into Blues Traveler. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Blues Traveler is the most important band to me. And I'm like, how? Like, they've got one album at this point. But good yeah. for you, I guess. Yeah, John Popper's mom wouldn't even say that. <laughs> That's a good point. But yeah, those are the things I remember from from those two specific seasons. But you also saw, I think it was in Real World, Real World 3, when they finally do kick Puck out of the house, mm-hmm. they show the people that they're interviewing. And I can't remember who they ultimately go with. It was some lame person. Mm-hmm. But one of the interviewees is Mark something that winds up being on the first season of The Real World. So they obviously keep these people in their back pocket that they think they like. And cast right. him in something else. So that was interesting as well. Yeah, gotcha. And then you had Miami, and that was like Flora, Sarah, Melissa, and Dan, the other uh, other gay dude. Um, but, you know, I don't know. The, the real world was interesting because for a short period in time, it sort of the, the story of, of culture and current events was told through real world, like you just said yep. about <clears throat> Puck versus Pedro and Pedro's, uh, you know, lifestyle and – they really did a good job in casting and picking very different people that they knew were going to be explosive when put together. And, right. and, and it was interesting. It was, a, it was a, as we were growing up and I, I, hell, I remember my parents were watching it even before I was, but as I was growing up, I'm watching things unfold and it's, it, it was before it was super scripted like it is now. Yeah. It was real life stuff that was unfolding on television and it was pretty damn interesting to me, even, yeah. even young. Yeah, and what I can't believe, and I was totally oblivious to, is that that show ran until 2017. Oh yeah, there were there were some there were some wacky ones. There was Frankie, she was a cutter, and and Brad, and it was there there was a that that where was that that might have been real world, and that might actually been in Jersey. I did, but yeah, who knows? But yeah, <laughs> real world like was it. real Sounds world like was super cool. Um, so you had shows like that on MTV. Then you had, you know, uh, simple, you know, sexual, you know, meathead things like The Grind. And that was just yeah. a dance show uh, to what whatever. M- MTV yeah. Spring Break. Well, no. Well, that's that's something else. That's even yeah. completely different. They did The Grind 
at MTV Spring Break. So that was like an on location crime, oh, yeah. but everyone is wearing bathing suits and that's, well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but <laughs> right. a, a show that I didn't really pay much attention to when I was younger, but now I can relate to it and I super dig it was Daria. She is so uh, unenthused and nonplussed about her, her suburban lifestyle and her parents and her family and her, and her school experience. And she is able to see the forest for the trees and just see how ridiculous and petty and, you know, seemingly silly life is. And that wasn't exciting to me when I was younger. And now she is me and I am her. <laughs> no, that's that's funny because I am in the same boat. Like the, the show came out. I knew it was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. And at that time, because of the success of Beavis and Butthead, MTV started uh, traveling down that animation path that a lot of networks fall into when they, they have a successful cartoon, i.e. Right. Simpsons, Family Guy, stuff like that. And they right. always try to increase the amount of animation programming they have. Right. But Beavis and Butthead set the world on fire. Daria was a student in their school. And yeah, she moves and she's basically just totally monotoned and doesn't care about anything like you mm. said. Um, but they also did that really, really weird show, uh, The Brothers Grunt. And I could not, I couldn't watch it. I think it I don't even know if I know what that is. What even, yeah, what, what it, is that? It, it's not worth finding out. I okay. don't think there was even any actual dialogue. They mm -hmm. It was just a bunch of animated slob looking things grunting at each other oh my god and it was supposed to be funny sounds like the boardwalk in ocean city yeah but no daria like i said a spinoff of beavis and butthead and of course we have to touch on that because that was huge in our youth oh when yeah that came on the scene i mean the simpsons was the you know it's not family oriented it is but it's not um right. but it took a very satirical approach to, to comedy and it had that real world you know middle class relationship with the family where money's tight and mm. sometimes we've got to work and sometimes we have to make sacrifices but Beavis and Butthead came along and was animated but the antithesis of wholesome no it, it's it's yeah it's the polar opposite of it of 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 a, of a family style cartoon it's too you know, uh, uh, boneheaded teenagers sitting on a couch, you know, getting hammered on non-alcoholic beer, critiquing music videos and doing fart jokes. And it does not sound appealing, but it was about the funniest crap I had ever seen when I was younger. It just was the one liners and and the silliness and, and they would talk to adults like I wanted to, but couldn't. Yeah. And <clears throat> Butthead was a dullard, but Beavis was the super stupid one. Right. And in comparison, Butthead seemed like a genius. Right. But the aspect of the, the movie or the movie, I'm sorry, the music video reviews mm -hmm. within the show. Right. Because the shows themselves, they did two episodes per half hour with a music break in the middle that right. if you rewatch the shows, the music isn't in there. Right. That was simply product placement that was totally recorded outside of the animation. Do you remember but, their favorite show? Or their favorite, uh, their favorite band, rather? Guar. Guar. Yeah, it was Guar. Always Guar. Right. So uh, it had that mystery science theater 3000 feel where, right. you know, it's 
they're not silhouetted in front of the television, but it shows the video and it, it's a snippet of the video and comes oh, back to them oh, talking damn. talking trash about it or saying they really like it, whatever right. it was. Right. But it also highlighted some of the absurdities that were in some of these music videos that right. they got to make fun of. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and then it spun off into ultimate, you know, the greatest movie of all time, Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. not the greatest movie of all time. Am I am I wrong? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think there are some more, you know, slightly more entertaining cinema experiences. I'd like, now, like to hear them. Was <laughs> clue anyway. Um, when that movie came out, and and the funny thing about these animated movies or some of these things is they wait a long time after the series is kind of it's starting to die down. Then they launch a movie. The Simpsons, Simpsons did it as well. South Park right. did it. Um, Beavis and Butthead did it and Beavis and Butthead is it's a good movie it's mm-hmm. a good movie the soundtrack kicks ass oh, um, yeah. Aerosmith had an awesome track on that album White Zombie was on White there. Zombie yeah I remember Deuces Deuces are wild Aerosmith that was the second track on that soundtrack mm-hmm. because I had to own it right it was Beavis and Butthead yeah but the other thing about Beavis and Butthead is I remember that those their shirts were you weren't allowed to wear them to school you know, mm-hmm. like people can't wear Beavis and Butthead stuff. You can't wear, you know, it, it evolved into you can't wear South Park stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and now, you know, you can wear whatever you want because it's, you know, special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I never really got too much into Beavis and Butthead when I was younger. It was funny to me and it was ridiculous. Um, but it didn't, you know, it didn't resonate with me. Now, something that is super important and a and a wonderful well done show on MTV that influenced countless generations of people really made you ponder life and be introspective and I'm of course talking about celebrity deathmatch absolutely yeah i i spent a lot of time contemplating life after every episode cuz they just the characters were so real um you know you the, could really the depth relate. of them and the character arcs yeah. So, so no, it's an Amer- an American stop motion claymation series featuring all the celebrities and musicians you know beating the ever loving f out of each other and suffering horrific gruesome injuries it, with referee Mills Lane barking at everyone and it, it's almost like something that should have been reserved for like a five minute short right in between like Beavis and Butthead episodes but they somehow launched it into a, a several season thing of you know yeah, mariah right. carey versus jim carey oprah versus rosie o'donnell versus jerry springer it was a it was a threefer they uh madonna versus michael jackson mandy moore versus pink ozzy osbourne versus elton john hansen versus the spice girls hmm. was a good one and it's that just a good it, one. it was horrifically violent and silly and somehow beautiful yeah and i think that the reason that had some success or even became a thing was that during this time, um, professional wrestling had hit a big stride and was on the up, and that was MTV's way of kind of capitalizing on that popularity with something similar, but also, you know, way over the top. Hi, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Thank you for listening to Truth of Our Youth, the ultimate Zenial podcast. 
We hope that you're enjoying the show, and we hope that you will go to wherever you like to listen to podcasts and look for Truth of Our Youth. Make sure you give us a rating, hit the subscribe button, find us on Facebook, suggest topics and things that we can talk about in the future. If you want to be on the show, let us know. We'll find some time to fit you in. Thanks, preppies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of over the top, you mentioned before, MTV Spring Break was appointment television every single year if you are a young man. You have scantily clad women. You have all your favorite, you know, rock, rap, and new metal bands playing. I, I, just, sent, I just sent you boys a, a video recently of Limp Bizkit playing Counterfeit off of their $2 bill, y'all, debut album. And it's during a runway show on the beach and they're they're getting after it and fred durst is in his backwards red yankees cap and he's west borland is dressed like a a rabbit and has crazy contact lenses and these women are just in these little bathing suits and dudes are going nuts and moshing and it none of it makes sense but it all perfectly (laughs) made sense and fit together given given the time mtv spring break was was pretty awesome yeah, and they they had a lot of annual shows, VMAs, uh, the spring break, you know, things that they did um, that still held on to the music aspect. You still got right. to see some of your favorite artists, and the VMAs were a huge deal, right? Because a the musicians, bands, whatever that were playing on it at the time were relevant to right. us. Right now. Um, you know, I've become the crotchety old man that I swore I would never be because music today is is terrible. Right. Um, no, I grew up with some terrible music, but there was sure. still some artistic music in there. But I've, I've grown up into that. And the VMAs, they're like Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. And I'm like, I, I have no idea who these people are. Um, I could maybe pick them out of a lineup, but I think they... I think those two look very similar. I don't think I can tell them apart. No, that's probably true. But yeah, it was a big deal to even these musicians to win the, the what was the it was a Moon Man was that yeah, the, the award? Moon Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a huge that was a huge deal. And I remember sitting down and watching it when when the performers were actually performing and yep. it wasn't all tracks and lip syncing and things like that. It was the VMAs were something you had to see and you had yep. to talk about. And then now it's just do they still even have it? I don't I don't even know. Probably, but. I guarantee you there's no more best video category that they used to have. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what the point of making music videos is anymore, period, other than for just your fans. I don't think it does a lot for you career-wise anymore. Hard to say. I mean, if there was a channel that was available, I would probably turn it on from time to time. Well, you are the ultimate consumer. You do like to, you like to, you like to make it rain a little bit on fun things. I'm Okay. I made um, you order a PlayStation during the second day of quarantine because you oh, were on fun things. I thought you were just speaking specifically about television. I'm like, I don't know how I, I pay my cable bill if that's considered making it rain. No, on. paying any bill is not fun. No, no, I'm actually writing on the back of an unpaid bill as we go. Oh, um, gotcha. But yeah, I I think there's still a market for music videos. It's just not out there anymore. And and you had the you know, grown up version of MTV and VH1. Mm-hmm. And then you had the on demand version that sprung up the box. You remember the box? Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, cost you whatever dollar 99 to mm-hmm. call and request a video. Mm-hmm. Um, I never did it. I, I know people that, that did it a lot and probably right. got into some debt because they had to see the crossroads again. Yeah. Um, 
so I mean, yeah, there were some other music channels that grew out of MTV Mm -hmm. and eventually they went the same. Well, the box is extinct. I think VH one's still a thing, but they went that programming route eventually as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the one thing I did like about MTV is they did a lot with live performances, whether it was at Spring Break or the Video Music Awards or our TRL in that crappy little studio. Um, I just, they, and whether the performance was good or bad, it was always honest and it was always fun, and I appreciated that. No, that that's a great point, and I remember later in the VMAs or as I was a younger adult mm-hmm. that... I think it was Fallout Boy and or My Chemical Romance performed oh on the God, VMA. Probably sounds so. And bad. I lost all respect for, especially My Chemical Romance. That guy can't. He can't. They were awful. His name is Gerard. So well, that's already two strikes. Yeah, unless your last name's Butler, you're done. Yeah, Gerard. But yeah, Gerard Butler. Yeah, he could get it. Um, but yeah, but then they had you know then they had other um. Uh, no pun intended, but real shows as well. They had the whole True Life series that tackled, and I thought that was brilliant. Even when I was younger, I'm like, man, this is, you know, this is not affecting me. Like, I don't, I don't eat drywall like these people. But you know, there are people my age in this country that are probably going through this stuff. Let's see what's doing. The True Life. I'm an MMA fighter. I'm in a love triangle. I'm bisexual. Um, I have OCD. I'm a hoarder. And I swear there was there was one where someone was eating drywall. That's not even. That's not even. Oh my god! Exact. Really? I don't know if it was MTV True Life or or it was somebody was maybe eating it was on, maybe, it was, maybe it was on TLC. There's a, there's a lot of them. You know what I mean? If that's on TLC, the Learning Channel, I don't need to learn about how to eat drywall. Yeah, well, it's probably it's the ultimate source of fiber. <laughs> that's so that's one true. of the Metamucil flavors is actually drywall is actually uh, uh, you know, southwestern um, drywall. Yeah, I'm um, sure but, it's a hot seller. Yeah, and they, you know, that's when they start getting like the catfishing stuff and all this real stuff that you know affected kids. And this is when AOL Instant Messenger was big, and there were you know True Life episodes about that. But it was easy to digest documentaries about wacky things that I otherwise wouldn't have thought about or cared about. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point, and I never got into that stuff as much. Uh, the True Life stuff, I am one that doesn't particularly care about other people's strange afflictions, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. especially eating drywall. That's, um, you know, that's your problem. I don't need to, I don't need to know about a lot that. of carbs. Yeah. A lot of carbs. And, but one of the shows that was huge, especially in the early, well, early mid nineties was an MTV still used to do those unplugged yep. shows and you'd get, I'm the biggest one you'll remember from, from our youth is Nirvana which was an amazing unplugged, very, very honest. Um, they did some, you know, covers and they did their stuff. Uh, the album was a huge success. They did a Bowie cover. Um, they had the meat puppets on for that, I think. And it was, and it wasn't long before, um, you know, Kurt Cobain checked out. Yeah. But no, that, yeah, they, had, uh, they had, uh, Brian Adams did one. James Taylor did one. Uh, Aerosmith did one. Uh, so there, you know, there was a lot of good stuff out there, um, that was still in the programming before they moved away from, uh, Alanis Morissette unplugged is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the Nirvana one, the, the Nirvana one is, uh, 
is probably the most influential one for me. They, like you said, they did covers. He, you know, in typical Kurt Cobain fashion, he still used a Boss Orange DS1 distortion pedal, especially on the intro and the lead part of uh, of Man Who Sold the World. The first song I ever, uh, they did uh, Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam on yep. there. That was the first song yep. I ever learned start to finish. I would just learn riffs when I was learning how to play guitar. And I said, my parents got me the tablature book for MTV Unplugged. Wow. And I sat there and I learned most all of it. And Pat Smear was playing guitar with them. And the sickest thing about Nirvana Unplugged was last minute, Dave Grohl goes from using drumsticks to using the hot rods instead, which completely transformed the interpretations of these songs. They were going to be different anyway because it was acoustic stuff, but seeing Dave Grohl do something delicate and still intense was was really cool, and that was a very, very cool move on his part. I don't know if he was directed to or if that was something he came up with on, on his own, but it it made the entire experience better. Yeah, and I always remember beardless Dave Grohl looks In a like a turtleneck. Oh, I was going to say a frog, but yeah. yeah. Um, he made a great decision growing the beard in, that's for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, there were so many of them. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots did one, 10,000 yeah. Maniacs, Eric yep. Clapton, mm. and Alice in Chains Unplugged is one of my favorite albums of all time. I recently got um, one of the uh, the original copies on vinyl, and it's just start to finish, it's, it's incredible. It's haunting here in Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell sing with each other and to each other and you have the crowd going and this is you know this is after allison chains was was huge yeah. um and mike inez their their bassist on his bass wrote friends don't let friends get haircuts and this was right after metallica chopped all their hair off and they were sitting <laughs> in the front row of allison chains unplugged and on allison chains unplugged they bust into an acoustic rendition of enter sandman for a minute which is oh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that, so that, I, is... I, that used to that used to tickle me when I was uh, when I was a kid. I'm like, man, other bands are friends with each other. That's weird. Yeah, it it <clears> is <throat> weird. And and you remember the personalities on MTV from from that time. I mean, early on, you had the Pauly Shore. Um, mm-hmm. The ones that stick out to me were Kennedy, Kurt Loder, who Dan Cortez, in. Dan Cortez. Oh, you Omar know Gooding. No, that was Donnie Jeffco, <laughs> Jessica Gaines. Um, but Rock and Jock was the greatest yeah. thing that's ever happened rock and jock basketball and, jock awesome. and rock and jock softball were awesome and dan cortez was always a captain because he fancied himself a an athlete because he had long hair he um, was hitting the 50 point shot in rock right. and jock basketball which is the most exciting play if you, you can make in sports <laughs> if you hit that top uh basket and then I, I saw it a couple of times. It would come out of the 50, into the 30, into the 10. Yep. And yeah, they'd have a 90-point shot, which uh, it totally changes the complexion of the game. But it brought athletes together with celebrities. I remember Warren G, uh, when Regulate was big, he was on one of the rock and jock basketballs. And he was tragically bad at really? basketball. Oh, I didn't know you were going to say Embarrassingly bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Bieber can ball. Who knew? Kenny? Yeah. Oh, no, Justin. Oh, okay. Not Kenny. Not Kenny. <laughs> Shut up. No, Rock and Jock was awesome. The Rock and Jock softball was cool because then you'd have like, you know, like Pam Anderson like trying to bat and like she can't even hold the bat out in front of her properly because you know. Yeah. My God. Yeah, I forgot about Rock and Jock. That was that was awesome. 
Yeah, that was one of my favorite things. That was a had to see back in the day. Yeah, I think Jaleel White was was on a bunch of these too. I think like probably. I mean, he was Urkel and hard in this era, so he was he was pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Was he a contestant on Singled Out at any point? No, but I wish I was. Actually, I wish I was Jenny McCarthy's makeup chair in the back so she would sit on me. That's what that's what I wish I was. Singled Out was awesome. I forget the guy's name. It it I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Jenny McCarthy, the ultimate co-host, uh, uh, a dating game. From, yep. from from back in the day. I mean, those people, they probably didn't even make it out of the parking lot. Um, so, you know, 50 single people competing for one main content for a date with one guy. Like it's, you know, well, and the question sounds like The Bachelor, but in condensed into 122 minute episode. <laughs> right. And wasn't this the one where uh, when Jenny McCarthy left, she was replaced with Carmen Electra? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, Jenny McCarthy's gone. Oh, wait, we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're going to be fine. We've got this other playmate uh, on the back burner. Mm-hmm. That was one of the fun things about our youth is uh, you could, if, if they were famous, they did Playboy at some point. Oh, absolutely. Well, Nothing. there we had, there, there was a, a neat little era. You had the Halle Berry, Carmen Electra, uh, Pam Anderson, mm-hmm. Jenny McCarthy, um, and uh, 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 Christina, was the- A- Christina Applegate got hot during then too. I mean, she was always cute, but like, it was it was just a, a nice little sweet spot. What was if the, you're a, a who was the boy? Who was the playmate that that married the super old dude for the money? Oh uh, God, that's probably like a hundred. Uh, well, you know, no, there was one. I think the guy. Oh, Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. She's dead now too, isn't she? Yeah, she's super dead. I think she died of. Uh, she inhaled her uh, her signature perfume and and died. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. on, on was it on Parks and Rec that? Uh, that Mona Lisa Saperstein had Anna Nicole Smith uh, perfume and she kept adding baby oil to it so like it wouldn't run out. Am I making that up? I think so. I don't know. But what a thing to make up. Good for you. Yeah, that's that, that's pretty deep. That's pretty deep to make up. But yeah, that was... MTV was, was cool because it was cultural stuff. It was musical stuff. It was sports related. Um, Kurt Loder more important to most people than any of us even realize he broke all the big important news, the sad news. Um, you know, I I remember Kurt Cobain's death. That was the first guy that I heard it from. Yeah. Cause I mean, this is, you have to rely on, you know, programming like that. Um, you know, the news eventually would, would, would break that sort of thing. But you know, us, us younger people were, we're glued to MTV. And if we're going to hear it anywhere first, it's going to be there. The internet wasn't really, you know, uh, a, a thing. It was, you know, a concept and it became a thing later. But I mean, MTV was where you heard your big news and where, you know, you felt and they would adjust their programming when something tragic like that would happen. And you almost felt like you were, you know, mourning with people. It was like a, a comforting, you know, sort of thing. You know, you knew all the the jocks on there and you knew Kurt and, you know, I didn't want to know, uh, um, God, what the hell was his name from TRL? Carson Daly. Carson Daly. He sucked. He's um, he's carved out a pretty nice career off of that stuff. He's yeah, like and so is like Freddie Prince Jr. They're basically the same person. Like, how are they, you guys like really super are. rich? Like, I, they what really do you, are. What do you do? Yeah, and honestly, TRL started out as a pretty cool show. It was on at night, and it didn't have all the the BS that it turned into uh, when it started coming on in the afternoon. 
Mm-hmm. Now he hosted both, and they had little segments for just about anything. Um, with TRL, obviously, it was the most requested stuff. And when TRL was at its height, it was, you know, is it going to be Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, <clears throat> Christina Aguilera, or Britney Spears today? You know, what's yeah. The most well, yeah, that was early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, and and it was still case. it was still cool then too. You know, I I like that era of music. I mean, our 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 you know our our band yeah. Shameless Plug plays most of that crap, and and it's fun. They're bangers. You know, '90s music is a very a very special thing because when you're living through the '90s, maybe even up until recently, you can very easily classify the '60s, '70s, and '80s what was going on, you know, culturally and stylistically. And the nineties were very much a weird kind of era. And now you can most certainly put your finger on it. What people were wearing, what was going on in the world and yeah. the desert desert storm and all that stuff. It, it was very much an era just like any other. Yeah, it was, it has definitely over time developed its own personality. It's that- aged well. It has aged well, and and you go back to, there were two very different styles of music coming out in the nine, or not not just two, but mm-hmm. it was really when you know rap was at its its best uh, with Tupac and and Biggie, and uh, also you had the grunge scene, which was you know the last mainstream rock and roll type stuff mm-hmm. that we got to see, and then you had the discovery of pop artists and auto-tune and all that Mm -hmm. stuff coming out it's kind of like going back and watching the first star wars not the first star wars but episode one and Mm -hmm. you're like wow that cgi is terrible but at the time you're like hey it's fine and now you listen to some of these artists earlier stuff and you're like wow that auto-tune is terrible but at the same time it was it was it was tolerable. Well, rap rock took the world by storm yep. and and was a thing. We're like, man, this is pretty cool. And in retro, you Park, know, yeah, Lincoln Park was on the soundtrack of Dracula two thousand. Yeah, that's it another ran one. Through the credits, what's, what's his face? What's it? What's his name? Mike something? Mike Shinoda from Lincoln yeah. Park. He's an, Mike Shinoda. Shinoda. He's another Carson Daly, Freddie Prince Jr. Like right place, right time. Very vanilla and, in my opinion, talentless. Yeah, and I don't get it. Mr. Han in Lincoln Park more entertaining than Mike Shinoda. Hot takes. Hot takes. Oh yeah, yeah so. well, you know, <laughs> MTV. Yeah. Um, you know, MTV was a huge part of our childhood, and and it carried on from, for me, I think, you know, preteen all the way through the time I was I was maybe twenty. So there's a solid eight years in there where uh, there was a lot of stuff on MTV that held my interest. And a lot of things that I needed to see. And we touched on the VMAs. And at that time, unless you were taping it, you went to the bathroom during commercial breaks so you didn't miss your favorite artist's performance. And my favorite artist's performance would always be coming up after the next commercial break. And it would be the very last part of the show. And then it would be hot garbage. And I'm like, well, that was a waste of an evening. Right. So, that did happen. You know, that's, that's, that's very much what I say at the end of the workday. I'm like, God damn it that was not what i thought it would be but anyway thank you guys for hanging out it was fun talking some mtv stuff with you uh you know we'll be talking to you guys a little bit more this week on the facebook page gonna throw some questions out there for you see what's uh see i don't know see what you want the boys to talk about in the uh in the coming weeks thanks guys so much for joining us on truth of our youth the ultimate zenial podcast make sure you subscribe share let's get this thing going 
Yeah, please share this out. That would be super, super helpful to us. Okay, please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. We want to quit our jobs. Until next time. Love you. Bye.